Hey, Tack here. In this episode of The Brady Bunch, there are some insensitive views and comments about the Native American culture. Jimmy and I at A Very Brady Podcast do not share those views. There are a few jokes said by Jimmy and I that could be considered inappropriate, but they were done in reference to the ignorance of the time in the early 70s. In no way do Jimmy and I believe these stereotypes of the people or their culture. So let's get into this Season 3, Episode 3 of The Brady Bunch. Thanks so much. The following is a fourth-hand production. 
Well, they do give a recap at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Through, um, through. You know, it's not like an ABC show where they actually have to sign a contract saying that they must do one episode at least minimum at Disney World. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Because wow. they're owned by Disney. If you ever think back to your ABC shows, you remember almost all of them had a Disney episode where they go to Disney World. It's true. When you think of Full House. Yep. Yes. Yeah, Disney's Boy Meets World. Yep. Yes, Roseanne. Because uh, Darlene falls in love with Goofy. Oh, that's right. They did like two or three episodes out yeah. there at Disney. That's right. And wasn't that somebody who was going to propose to somebody at Disney or something on that Roseanne episode? I don't know. But Roseanne was NBC. I don't know. Me, no, no. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. But maybe it was a contract with Paramount or something. I don't know. But, hmm. <clears throat> but yeah. So they do, the, the Brady's do, they don't do a Disney episode, but. I can't remember what park. Well, I don't think at. Disney was open yet, was it? Oh no, California was open, but Orlando wasn't. No, no, yeah, not Disney World, but they do go somewhere in an episode. It might have been a two-parter. I don't remember. They go somewhere later, like it might be season four or five, but I want to say it's Disney, but it's not Disney. Mm. Anyway, I'm I'm sure our listeners are going, "Duh, hello!" and they're like screaming right. at us, like, "You guys are morons." That's okay. Yeah. Anywho. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced that this was. I mean, speaking from a filmmaking standpoint, I'm not convinced that this was executed very well. No. Um, it just, no. It just, it just seems like, and this isn't you know talking shit about Tam Spee or anything, but it just seems like they had this generalized thought. Like, okay, they go, they stop at a ghost town, they get kidnapped, they manage to get out of there, they get to the Grand Canyon, kids get lost, and they go home. Okay. Well, but then once they started writing it, they're like, shit, this could probably all fit in two episodes. Well, fuck it. Let's sure. just put a bunch of filler shit in there. And I feel like it wasn't executed very well. For sure. I think episode last week's episode was definitely a filler episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the excitement happens in one and three. Right. And I think that it was just all about like editing and their time frame. So I think they had the whole story idea that was pretty decent but then they're like, really? This is, so this is a two-parter is what mm. I'm thinking. But then, well, what about this? That has to be stretched out a little bit. And this over here needs to be stretched out a little bit. Well, the main, let's just make it three-parter then. You know, it's like, right. <clears throat> well, we can't. Doesn't make it. What are we going to do in part two? Like, uh, they, they fucking look at the Grand Canyon and the kids get lost. Like, <laughs> See, I get the feeling that they decided, like, the, probably the the brass, the Paramount brass, if you want to call them that, was like, we're going to ha- we're gonna start the season up with something huge. It's going to be a three-parter. So we want you guys to write it. Tam, you're our man. We're going to write this. So he writes out this scene, and then they get to the point where they actually start doing the scenes and everything, and he's like, fuck, the timing's off. Like, this is only going to be like two episodes. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Let's just, let's just show a montage of them walking like, <laughs> and yeah. them driving. Let's just throw it. I mean, there could easily be an episode full of, in fact, that'd be a funny thing to put on the Facebook page <laughs> to gather all the filler scenes from all three episodes and <laughs> edit it all together into one episode. So it looks like they're just driving and singing to the Grand Canyon. Driving, singing, riding mules down. <laughs> and they look and they just shows them on the railing and it shows them leaving. And that's, that's the whole thing. It's the whole episode. It's just to see how long all that footage is. But, that's funny. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, well, if you didn't have anything else, we'll take no. our first break because we've been at this a good few minutes, you know, <laughs> and we need a break. Six minutes. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's take our first break. And then when we come back, we are going to dive into, we're going to descend uh-huh. into this 
Mm. Oh shit. Three part part three of three. Well, because they descend down into the ground. Oh, I got you. They would go great. down on mules. That's I get right. it. We will be back. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will you. when they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the Tee Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. Very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Tee Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. And we're back. <laughs> Told ya. Okay. We have the Brady Bunch. Season 3, Episode 3, entitled The Brady Braves. Let's get into this. Okay. Facts about the episode. It first aired October 1st, 1971. Mm. Written by Tam Spiva. Directed by our man, Oscar. My man. Oscar Rudolph. Some facts about the episode. Mm-hmm. In most... TV broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not see this on Hulu, CBS Alexis, or Amazon Prime. <laughs> but in most TV broadcasts, the closing squares before the ending of a scene. Bef- I'm sorry, before the ending scene. Yeah. Pop up in rhythm to the Native American dancing drumming. So that means the final scene of the episode. When they're when you oh, this the, specific. Yeah. Episode. When they're okay. when they're drumming like the, you hear the Native American drumming yeah, yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That the squares populate onto the screen one at a time mm-hmm. in the beat of the Native American drumming. Okay, that's cool. On the DVD, 
Yeah. It is either not in rhythm or the squares do not populate at all. Huh. So, but on the original TV broadcast, it populated all nine squares. Bing, 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 bing. You know, that kind of thing. So what did it do for us? I didn't pay attention. It didn't do anything. It just came up regular. I think, I don't even think it comes up. Yeah, it does come up, but I don't, I don't remember it coming up in sequence like that. It, just, it was just a regular ending. But yeah. So. That's cool. The camping gear on the family station wagon and the travel trailer, it is pulling both disappear, then reappear during the drive <laughs> to Grand Canyon. Damn, why didn't I notice that? What? Just after Bobby and Cindy get lost, there are shots of Mike and Carol calling out for him. A couple of minutes later, the same shots are used, but this time they're flipped. <laughs> right. They, they used to do that kind of shit back in the 60s, 70s. They just flip shots. And yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, this is a different shot. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yes. And now, yeah. Tech is going to give us a recap of the last episode with a thick French accent. Okay. Yohon. In the last episode, <laughs> the Brady clan had just gotten out of the, how you say, ghost town jail. Uh, lingerie that was all for my enjoyment you can do it regularly that was 100% for my own enjoyment (laughs) alright in the last episode the Brady clan had just gotten out of the ghost town jail after Mike and Peter run for help the rest of the family are left to wonder when and if they'll be back but soon all is good they get their car back and head to the beautiful Grand Canyon after getting there and wondering at the beauty, they begin to travel to the bottom by mule train. There, they set up camp and the kids begin exploring local surroundings, but choose to ignore Mike's warnings and stray too far from camp. Now, Cindy and Bobby are lost on their own and darkness is setting in. Will they be found, Jimmy? I don't know. Will, Will they? they be found alive? I don't know. Stop it. <laughs> Will they find wild mushrooms and find out their true meaning of life? Well, that's what Indians do, right? Or Native Americans, right? In every Native American, oh, like, geez. coming of age movie or comedy, it's always like, like, Million Ways to Die in the West. Like, they go and he eats some shit with Indians and all of a sudden he gets high and, like, they're like, I think he's going to die. You're only supposed to, t- that's for all of us. Remember that scene? <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but it's a great movie. <laughs> anyway, let's find out. Okay. We fade in. Scene one. We begin with a montage of footage from the previous episode. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, showing Cindy and Bobby lost, walking around, but are shown something in the background. Huh. It's a young Indian boy. Hmm. Hiding behind a rock, staring at him as Cindy and Bobby walk by. Mm-hmm. I think his arm was moving back and forth too. <laughs> we then cut to a shot of Bobby and Cindy. They pause to lean on a rock before continuing back the way they came. As they begin to walk away, Bobby stops in his tracks. Cindy asks what's the matter and Bobby just points. We see the young Native American boy walking down the dirt trail towards him. Bobby turns to Cindy and tells her, let me handle this. Mm-hmm. He, th- he then turns back to the Native American boy and no shit. <laughs> he simply says, how? <laughs> the young boy confused asks, how what? 
<laughs> Bobby, embarrassed and unsure how to respond, finishes saying, how are you? <laughs> the boy responds, okay. <clears throat> Bobby then becomes less offensive and introduces himself and Cindy. He introduces himself as Jimmy Pacoya. Mm, I wrote that wrong. Bobby did not introduce himself as Cindy as Jimmy Pacoya. <laughs> the Native American boy introduces himself oh. as Jimmy Pacoya. Oh. Bobby asks... You have written Pacaya. Pacaya. Sorry. Jimmy Pacaya. As in papaya, but Pacaya. so fucking racist. Yeah. Go ahead. Bobby <laughs> asks... <laughs> Bobby asks if he lives around here. Jimmy, see, when I first listened, I swear I heard Jamie first. I swear they say Jamie. Oh, I heard Jimmy all day. And then later on in the episode, I swear I heard Timmy. <laughs> and then it switched to Jimmy. And I'm like, what the hell is this boy's name? So anyways. I heard Jimmy. So if you see Jamie written in the notes, that's why. Anyways. Okay. Bobby asks if he lives around here. Jimmy replies, well, not too far. Bobby then gets the idea to ask if he's seen their tent. To which Jimmy replies, yes. Bobby and Cindy get excited, finally asking Jimmy if he can help them get back to their folks because they're kind of lost. Jimmy simply replies, no. Damn. Cindy gets irritated, asking, why not? Jimmy mysteriously answers, I have my reasons. Mm. And walks over to a rock. Mm. Bobby follows and finally asks, what's the matter? Don't you like us pale faces? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like, they're so insensitive in this. We got a problem with honkies? <laughs> Jimmy seems irritated, telling Bobby to cut out the pale face stuff. Yeah. To Are which Bobby... Racist? Yeah, I, I like that they threw in that he kind of got offended by that. Yeah. To which Bobby apologizes. Cindy finally asks, why won't you help us? Jimmy finally admits it's because he doesn't want anyone to see him. And if Bobby and Cindy's parents see him... They might tell his grandfather where he is. Mm. Where the, yeah. Bobby seems to have an idea and wants to make a deal. He asks Jimmy to take them back and they promise not to tell anyone that they saw him. Jimmy on the fence asks if they promise. He's like, you promise? <laughs> Bobby asks. Double promise? <laughs> do I, Bobby asks, do I look like the kind of guy that speaks with a forked tongue? What the fuck is he talking about? What do you mean? With a forked tongue? What the fuck does that mean? That means like a snake, like a lying snake. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> young boys talk like that. Right. That's bad writing. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you have a little note here. Yeah, you do too. Oh, well, was, we already made it clear. Okay. I was like, Bobby's racist. All right, go ahead. Who wrote this shit? <laughs> like, um, Tam Spiva. Yeah, but what the fuck? Like, and why, why would the Brady's tell his grandfather? What do you mean? He but ran I mean, away from home. Why wouldn't they? Tell right. Him? But I mean, it's not like Mike Brady's going to be like, hold on, Carol. I got to find this random Indian tribe somewhere. Cause I I'm going to tell on this little asshole. Like what? It's not a little asshole. It's I ran away from home. We shouldn't be running away from home. Let's go find your family. Yeah, but that's not the kid's perspective. The kid's perspective is he's going to get in trouble. Like Mike's going to be like, you know what? Your, your grandfather's going to whip your ass when I tell him. I'm going to go find him right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Scene two. We see Greg, who has obviously seen too many TV shows, staring at the ground. 
he stands dramatically, you know, with his chest all puffed out and his jeans all tight and calls for his mother and Jan. What? I wrote that just so you would sound funny, right? Or reading it. You know, with his chest all puffed out and his jeans all tight. Sorry. Looking just, sexy AF. Yeah, sorry. I, just, I couldn't resist. <laughs> he begins telling them how he appears to see. How he appears to see? Yeah. He begins. You're like, yeah, fucking read it. He begins telling them how he appears to see footprints and they appear to split off in two paths. Carol, being the genius she is, asks Greg which direction he thinks they went and eventually decide to split up against Mike's advice and look for Cindy and Bobby, but pauses to make them promise to stay together before, you know, she goes off on her own. <laughs> I don't get it. Like two sets of footprints that go off in two directions. It must be them. Yeah. Like, Cause they did that. Cause they separated, <laughs> but also like, you, you don't see footprints in fucking gravel. It's gravel. That's like walking down a gravel road and be like, hey, wait a minute, attack this. Bitch, there ain't no footprints in there. It's fucking rocks. Um, Jimmy, you have to forget or remember. So don't forget, you have to remember that uh, Greg was like an Eagle Scout. Wasn't he? I don't know. He's watched too many TV shows because he's like all trying to act like he's some kind of tracker now. Yeah. Like, you ain't no fucking dog the bounty hunter. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird reference. <laughs> All right. That would, have, that would have been more impressive. But he's not like a park ranger or like an Eagle Scout, which he is. But whatever. <laughs> Scene three. Now back with Bobby, Cindy, and Jimmy. He points them. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> and tag. Thank you. <laughs> He points them to a rock and tells them when they reach it, they should be able to see their camp. Bobby begins. Thank. <laughs> pause for a second. It, this just hit me. What? These kids are that dumb. Like that. They're like, we're really lost. We're gonna die if we don't get back home. Can you tell us where to go? Well, hold on a second. Do you promise not to tell my girl? Yeah, we promise. Okay. I see that rock right there. If you go over there, you'll be able to see it. Like, really? We're that close the whole time. <laughs> Well, I took it more as like they've been walking for a while, and finally he's like, okay, go over there, and you can see your camp. I don't know. So anyways, <laughs> he points them to a rock and tells them when they reach it, they should be able to see their camp. Bobby begins thanking him, telling him that he saved their lives. Wow. But trying not to take the compliment, he says, oh, it's nothing. Cindy reassures him that it is something. Bobby asks if there's any way that he can pay him back. Jimmy thinks about it for a minute and finally says, well, I am hungry. Do you think you can get me something to eat? Bobby tells him yes, but then he'll have to wait until everyone is asleep. Jimmy agrees and tells him that he'll be hiding by some rocks as he runs off. As Cindy and Bobby run off, they pause and can hear Carol calling them. Bobby says it sounds like mom and Cindy gets excited saying, it is mom. Huh. And they run off to greet her. Oh, that's nice. That's good. I'm glad. So they most likely probably would have heard her anyway if they'd not have walked to the rock. <laughs> They've only walked for like two minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they're that lost. I got a feeling this whole time he's been like 100 yards from the campsite and everybody's just too stupid to <laughs> figure out circles. where. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is that like, okay, he's this kid's run away. And now he's like, I am hungry. Okay, so he didn't think about that when he left. Right. Whatever, he's a kid. 
And he's like, hey, can you bring back some food? They're like, yeah, but, you know, it's not going to be for another 12 or 13 hours. Is that cool? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like noon now and we'll come back about midnight, you know. And uh, and he's like, sure, I'll be right over there behind that rock. Like, first of all, like they're going to remember how to get there. And then like, I'll be right there behind that why are you running away? Like you ran, he ran away to spend the night behind a rock to wait on food. Like this doesn't make sense. Well, plus like as insensitive and racist as this episode's been, I'm surprised they weren't like, aren't you a fucking Indian? Are you supposed to be able to like eat twigs and berries and shit? Like (laughs) like, track food and fucking hunt. Yeah. All right. Scene four. We are now treated to an Oscar worthy reunion scene as the kids run to the embrace of Carol. Flohen appears to be feigning tears for added effect. Carol, through her tears, states, You're all right. You're all right. After family embraces for an extended moment, Bobby is finally overcome with guilt and apologizes to Carol for getting lost. Cindy cuts in with support, promising that it was just an accident. Carol normally, a fair and understanding mother, is now unable to hold back her passion that has built up over the last few hours, wondering if she would ever gaze upon her children's beautiful faces again. She points her finger at Bobby's precious little safe and sound face and yells at him, saying, Don't you ever wander away from us again, you hear? As more fake tears rolls down her face. The mother embraces her two children once again. Now, Jimmy, you know Bobby has always known his mother to be a strong and independent woman, right? Right, Tack. But no. My trusty co-host, my sexy co-host, why'd you write that? Not today. For Bobby is confused. Having never seen his mother in this extreme emotional state before asks, Mother, why are you crying? Carol, who is now on her knees, lifts her head up to look at her son in the face and says, Because I'm so happy. Cindy says, But I thought you would have cried when we got lost. Carol laughs for a moment at the child and admitting Well, I cried then, too. Bobby looks at his sister and quips, Well, I guess we can make her cry no matter what we do. And with final embrace, this Brady near tragedy is over. Wow. End scene. Wow. Thank you. Boom. Thank you. Why? Thank you. Why in the hell would you let your kids wander off? (laughs) <laughs> like there's three adults in that camp, <laughs> three adults and six kids. That means each adult only has to watch two kids. Right. And then if you're counting uh, Greg and Marsha, they're you know, right. older. So that means you have five Greg, adults? Marsha, yeah, five adults and four kids to watch. Five adults can't keep track of four kids. Did you have trouble counting to five? Sounds like you need Carol to help you out. Exactly. With that count? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. Five um, adults to watch four children. They're outnumbered. And also, why the hell does she only yell at Bobby? Like, she's, she fucking points in his face. She's like, you fucking dick. Yeah, because it's not her child. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my poor baby. And you're a fucking asshole. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess she figures like Cindy's a stupid one, so you know she has to yell at Bobby. Like you know she's stupid. You're you know you're supposed to watch her. <laughs> right. Okay. Scene five. Now safe and sound back at the camp. Mike is giving a talk to the family, reiterating how nobody goes off alone. Mm. He then singles Cindy and Bobby out. Oh shit. Telling they are not to go anywhere without an adult or Greg and Marsha. Mm. Carol then tells everyone to get cleaned up for dinner. Hmm. After everyone walks away, Cindy whispers to Bobby asking how they're going to give food to Jimmy. Bobby tells her that he has a plan and begins to whisper in her ear. Oh, shit. As they stand there alone <laughs> with no adults around. And they were just told to not be right. alone without an adult around. What well, so, I thought was so funny is that they're all like, Hey, look who's back. And they all like embrace the, yeah. their brother and sister. And then they're like, you're back. I'm so glad you're back. And then they all leave. Yeah. They're like, oh, all right, I'm hungry now. <laughs> and then it's, which is, which is the exact same ending to home alone. Like when they all yeah, come yeah, back yeah. and support, they all, Oh, we got, and then they all disperse and he's standing there by himself again. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Scene six. We're now treated to Greg playing the guitar. while the entire family sings a rendition of Down in the Valley. How does that go again, Jimmy? I don't know. Never heard of this song. Down in the Valley. <laughs> Isn't that a church song? Isn't that a, a Christian song? I don't know. Of course, with shitty harmonizing, Jimmy wrote this, not me, and terrible vibrata. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I thought it sucked. For campfire singing, it was okay. No, it wasn't. During the song, Bobby and Cindy appears to be hiding food in their pockets. Start stuffing like hot dogs in their pockets. <laughs> then they give each hot other hot dog in your pocket. Or you just... <laughs> sorry. Then they give each other a look as they get up and go to Alice for more food. I will say Greg is pretty good at playing guitar, though. Yeah. If that was really him, of course it was. Not the only episode where he plays guitar. Yeah. And plus, you watch him, you can tell he can see those are the chords. So that's cool. <sighs> okay, scene seven. Bobby and Cindy walk up to Alice, who appears to be sitting next to all the food <laughs> far away from the campfire and the rest of the people. Yep. When Bobby and Cindy ask for more hot dogs, Alex ex explains that it makes four apiece. Hmm. Bobby explains that getting lost takes a lot out of you, and Cindy adds that they're just trying to put it all back. Mm -hmm. Alice then turns away and says... I don't think you're really eating all these hot dogs. <gasps> Bobby gets nervous, shoots Cindy a look. Alice finally finishes the thought saying, I think you're inhaling them. Oh, Bobby the and, jig was up there. Yeah, right? Bobby and Cindy smile in relief as Alice gets up, saying she better take care of the dishes. Yeah, she should. As soon as Alice walks away, Bobby takes Cindy's hot dog and tells her he wants to get beans for Jimmy as well. When Cindy begins asking where they're going to put them, Bobby begins opening up his flashlight to put the beans in there. Cindy compliments the great idea as Bobby continues to fill it. Mm, metal beans. Metal beans! <laughs> <laughs> like, not to bring up semantics again, but no. how the hell did they get hot dogs down there without getting food poisoning? Like, what? Where did they, where'd the hot dogs come from? 
Like there wasn't no cooler on the back of any of those mules. <laughs> um, well, if you remember last time, they what did she make? Fried chicken? They had yeah. like raw chicken that they brought. Yeah. But this is so like in a desert cooler. and they've been traveling oh, I got hours yeah. and Before hours. Before they had the car and they had yeah. the camper. And, all and they, it's feasible they could have had a cooler in the back or whatever. Right, right. They didn't have any cooler on the back of those mules. How do you know? Because they showed them for like two fucking minutes. <laughs> I studied the mules. Yeah. I don't know. But who wants to eat a hot dog that's been in Bobby's pocket? Like, that's so gross. It's probably got fuzzies all over it and shit. <laughs> what are you thinking that's about? <laughs> I don't want to eat no hot dog that's been in Bobby's pants. <laughs> I don't want to eat Bobby... Bobby Pocket Hot Dog. <laughs> that was funny. Alice has to stay with the food. <laughs> Not near the fire or singing or yeah. a good time. She ain't even saying she's sitting back there like, sure, wish I could sit near the fire. <laughs> Come on, kids. Let's all gather around the family campfire. She sees Cindy and Bobby come. She's like, oh, so you're going to take my... Oh, oh, no, you just wanted refills. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Okay, I thought I could maybe get up and go over there. Everybody come sit around the family campfire. <laughs> Alice, where are you going? Family campfire family but (laughs) are those hot dogs all done cooking i didn't know that or 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 yeah alice is like you know maybe if i'm really dramatic and i sit sadly next to this food yeah the family will understand that i'm not having any fun i didn't want to come and i don't really want to be their housemate anymore and i'd rather be married and i wish a park major would come and like jump my bones and take me out of here or she's helping Michael come over and ask her to dance. But you remember our our new conspiracy theory from last week? Uh, not last week, the week before. Yeah. But what was it again? That out? No, it was last week. That Alice um, secretly doesn't really want to be the maid. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, she needs. She's supposed to be having this week off. Right. That's so, ridiculous. Yes. All right. So scene eight. It is now late at night and everyone is asleep. Everyone except Bobby. Mm-hmm. He gets up, puts his hat on, and begins sneaking over to the tent where Cindy is. He whistles. <whistles> and when he does, she sneaks up and out of the tent, almost stepping on Alice in the process. All this looks like it was shot on a soundstage. You think? <laughs> so. yeah. It wasn't outside, you know. <laughs> It's not late at night. No, it's not really late at night. Scene nine. Cindy and Bobby are now on their way to meet with Jimmy out in the woods. That sounded horrible the way I read it. (laughs) Not like that. Just to give him food. Mm -hmm. Of course, without an adult. Mm -hmm. Cindy asks Bobby if he's sure he can find his way back. Really? She's going to trust him again. Yeah. Bobby puts her fears at ease by answering, I think so. <laughs> Cindy tells him it's so dark that she can't see where she's going as she nervously pulls on his arm. He has to remind her to not pull so hard because he's squishing. <laughs> she's squishing his hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> they finally come to an opening as they hear a coyote. Cindy gets nervous saying maybe they should go back. But Bobby tells her to think of how hungry Jimmy is. Cindy tells him to think about how hungry that coyote is. Uh But she reluctantly continues. But these (sighs) these kids don't fucking listen. Like, no. Not at all? No. 
<laughs> My eyes watering. That's okay. They'll be okay. I know. I'm just worried about them. I <laughs> uh, have the same note here, Indian boy. I sure am hungry. Bobby, you have to wait another 12 hours. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm Indian. <clears throat> I'm Indian. <clears throat> I'm mysterious. Scene 10. They are now at Jimmy Rock. <laughs> I'm at Jimmy's. Oh. <laughs> Rock hard penis. <laughs> he jumps out in excitement. Boom! It scares them. No. He's like, <laughs> he's like growling, snoring because he's hungry. He jumps out in excitement, saying he didn't think they'd come back. Bobby reminds him that they promised, and he hands him a hot dog. Jimmy begins stuffing them into his belt. And Bobby says, do you like hot dogs? Do you know what hot dogs are? How? <laughs> hot dog. Me bring you hot dog. Me bring you good food. What hot dog from White Devil. <laughs> Quinsuocha. Quinsuocha. <laughs> this replenish. No, okay. <laughs> Bounty. Okay. I didn't have any corn. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. I'm going to cut that out or not. Bobby then hands him a flashlight as Sydney tells him they have something else for him to eat. He questions it saying, what this? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> what what this sorcery? No, Ma- I didn't magic say. light stick. <laughs> I don't think we get any of these jokes. You oh, hold geez. fire in hand. Well, that's the way the episode's written. That's the way they they show these Indians, like no, or Native don't, Americans. They don't sorry. show them that way. That's the way Bobby sees them. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's how they're. That's the the picture they're painting. Ah. <sighs> We hold fire in hand. <clears throat> Man who controls fire <laughs> with his stick. Like what? I don't know if we can keep these jokes in here. You, know, you want to start singing over? No. <laughs> I'll just have fun editing or I'll just say, fuck it. He questions it asking a flashlight. Bobby tells him to look inside. It's beans. Jimmy exclaims how it's a great idea. Just then we see Greg and Peter come around the corner. They are obviously looking for Bobby. When Jimmy, Bobby, and Cindy see them, they duck and hide behind a rock. As Greg walks into the clearing, he can plainly see them hiding behind a rock and walks immediately over to them. Bobby angrily asks what they are doing there. Greg replies, same question I got for you. Peter points at Jimmy and asks, who's he? Cindy politely introduces their friend and explains how we were bringing him hot dogs. Greg, sticking to business, tells Bobby and Cindy how they need to get back to camp before Dad wakes up and blows his top. As they turn and walk away, Peter orders them to come on. Bobby stays behind asking of Jimmy if he's sure he doesn't want to come and that maybe Mom and Dad can help him. God. I was written that way. <laughs> my Mom and Dad can help you come. <laughs> my, my mom's real good. But Jimmy is dead set against it and saying how they would just tell his grandfather. And with one final thank you, the boys say goodbye as Bobby leaves. Jimmy sadly says, yeah, see you sometime. I, so, go ahead. I feel like Greg was kind of rude with this kid. 
Yeah. I mean, he was upset with Bobby and Cindy, and I get that, but... Yes. But, like, it was some other little kid. Like, he's not... At, at no time did Greg think, wait a minute, is this kid okay? Like, why are you guys with a kid? Where'd you find this kid? We're at the bottom of the fucking Grand Canyon. Where did you find a random child at? And instead, Greg's like, fuck him. Leave him with his fucking rock. You guys get your asses back and get back in your sleeping bags. Like, like well, damn. Like, you don't care why well, this kid is out there? Like... He's no, a fucking he's probably, Indian. They're probably all over the place. Just get the fuck on. <laughs> That's probably what he was thinking. Like, okay, can you stop messing around with some random kid? Like, let him go home, and you need to fucking go home. Yeah. Probably what he was thinking. I don't know. What I didn't get is, why were, like, when Greg and Peter showed up, why were they whispering? They're like, Bobby. He's like, come on. They're, like, whispering. Like, they have yeah. to be quiet. Because keep in mind, this is the rock that he's been hiding behind all day, where yeah. he couldn't hear Carol yelling for him. <laughs> right. But apparently at nighttime, magical things happen. <laughs> well, sound does travel hear. further at night, but not to the point where they have to whisper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just didn't get, like like as if they're like their parents are sleeping right there with them. Yeah. You know, they're like, "Hey, you gotta come on, come on." Okay, Dad's gonna wake up on the. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm just gonna start right into it. And not even tell you what scene it is. Damn, people are gonna be like, "What the, like, fuck, what the fuck, Jimmy?" Thanks for ruining it. You didn't yeah. tell me what scene it was. <laughs> scene eleven. On the way back to the camp, Greg is telling Bobby and Cindy how he thinks they should tell mom and dad about Jimmy. Hmm. But Bobby reminds him that they promised they wouldn't. And Cindy chimes in reminding him that he saved their life. Hmm. Greg asks the question, did you ever think that maybe you're saving his life by telling on him? Hmm. But just then, Mm -hmm. they hear a rustling in the woods. Oh. Peter stops and tells everyone, listen, they see a figure. (laughs) (laughs) They see a figure in the woods. Holy shit. It's a big, scary, dark shadow. Is it a bear? It slowly walks towards them as the music builds. The kids cower in fear. What is it? And this is where we take our next break. Oh, you, you. So Greg, Peter, and Bobby are out in the woods when suddenly they encounter a big scary monster. Mm. Will they make it back alive? I don't know. Oh. Well, I mean, I do know. But... We'll find out after this break. Okay. Together. <laughs> we'll be back. insulting people. These are potential listeners. Yeah, I'm so sure. Happy horror coffee break, old time horror radio show. 
We take the best and worst of creepypasta stories online, and our finest of quality reenactors perform them for you in the style of old-timey horror radio dramas. Everyone knows it's just you disguising your voice poorly. No, it's not. Besides, we have an abundance of great guests. There's music and t-shirts. And a bunch of dick and fart jokes. You're not wrong. <laughs> Catch us on all the major podcasts, thingamawarpers. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and the rest. Idiot. Tune in every other Friday. There's a new episode. Or just stick your head in an oven. Same difference. Aries. <laughs> we need to have a little chat. <laughs> Toodles! The fourth hand joins. And we are back. Jesus. Did I scare you? Mm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've been scared. Yeah. All right. There's my segue. In this last scene, what? Greg, Peter, and Cindy, and Bobby walk through the woods and they get terrified. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever... <laughs> Well, first of all, they're not in the woods at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're in the wilderness. Put it that way. Wilderness. There you go. Have you ever been out in the wilderness? Yeah. And seen something that yeah. terrified you? Nope. You? Nope. <laughs> all right. When we left off. It's not true. We're both lying. Yep. So, Jimmy and I, back in the day. Which was a Wednesday. Which was a Wednesday. And we were probably about I don't know, 12, 13 years yep. old. We used to take sticks and create <laughs> trails in the, these thick we woods. Because we were badass. Because we are stupid. I, would I bet never them trails are still there. Oh, no, they <laughs> tore no, them all down and made houses. Up. Yeah. Um, I would never do that now, and I would never let my son do that. That's weird. But anyway, so I remember a time when... <laughs> <laughs> so we're deep in these woods and we're kind of looking around and there was this one time there was a stump tree, mm-hmm. part of a tree stump. It was probably like, like six feet tall right? and it had like, it wasn't like a clean cut or anything. It looked like it had fallen over and broken. And all that stuff. Okay. So at the top was like pointy edges you okay. know? and it was, you know, just standing there. So at the corner of my eye, I see what looks like somebody standing, just standing there still like staring at us. And I kind of, like, it startled me and I looked over and I was like, in the corner of my eye, I swear, I thought it was like an Indian. I'm sorry, a native American. Cause like the pointy, like with the, the, what is it called? The, with the feathers and stuff. With the, oh yeah. The headdress. The headdress. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what, in the corner of my eye, that's what it looked like. Somebody standing there. And I was like, Jesus, like it fucking scared me. <laughs> I was like, it was just a, a part of a tree. You're like, I, I swear there's an Indian over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not the only one to mistake something or something else no. in the woods. When we were younger. Um, it's around about the same 12, time. Yeah, about the same time. <laughs> Might uh, even been the same day. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But uh, Tack would get really nervous out in the woods, especially after he saw <laughs> the Indians. <laughs> we, especially after I always had to protect him. <laughs> 
especially after you saw this Indian. And um, and so I would purposely try and, and scare attack even more. Right? What? But, well, between the two of us, you were the one that was more likely to be nervous at first. So I would try to egg you on and try to make you more nervous than you already were, right? I was never, I don't remember ever being nervous in the woods. Well, you had expressed to me, you're like, I don't know, like... It was either nervousness about getting hurt or nervousness that we'd get in trouble, one of the two. It wasn't getting in trouble because okay, we were out in the woods. But either way, um, so I would try to egg tack on making them more nervous. And so I started saying like, you know, a kid went missing in these woods once. <laughs> <laughs> also, Tack's there like, was wild boars in the woods too. The, no, there really me. was. Yeah. Um, the tax like, no, there wasn't. I'm like, yeah, they, he went back in these woods and like, they never saw him again and. You know, some kids claim that every once in a while they see his skull laying on the ground and the police just haven't found it yet. And I'm going on and on, you know, text like, no, I'm like, yeah, dude, like, yeah. And we walk around the corner and I swear to everything that is holy. I saw this kid's skull laying on the ground. Like you screamed. I screamed like a little girl in every sense of the word. Like I was horrified that I had found this little kid that I just made up in my head. Laying on the ground. <laughs> was it a skull, Jimmy? Absolutely not. It was a gopher tortoise <laughs> with mud on its back. <laughs> and the mud had formed like a pattern that if you close one eye and hopped on one leg and <laughs> shook your head back and forth really fast, it might resemble a skull. <laughs> so, yeah. That was something. Because I remember that because it scared me because something scared you. You were like, duh. And I was like, what, what, what? And you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's a turtle, and I was like, what? And I was like, uh. I, I, I remember you telling me, dude, it's a turtle. Like, <laughs> I mean, I truly screamed like a little girl. I was like, ah! Oh man! So yeah, in my trying to scare Tack, I ended up scaring myself. <laughs> so yes. So this would be a great time to come back in because right, right now, boys, everybody's scared of something. Everybody's in the woods. scared. Yeah, P- people are. You better listen to this in the daytime. Because you're going to be scared if you're not. Okay. So when we left off, yeah, Bobby and Cindy had snuck out to give Jimmy some food, but were caught by Greg and Peter. Right. On the way back to camp, they are stopped by a big, scary, yeah. shadowy figure in the bushes. Yeah. Is it Bigfoot? Probably. Is it a monster? Yeah. Well, let's get back into it and find out. Okay. Okay, scene 11 continued. Finally, mustering up bravery, Greg stands and sternly asks, Who is it? (laughs) It's Mr. Landlord. They hear a familiar voice reply, Greg? It's Mike. Greg replies, Dad? As Mike crosses to them, Greg, still trying to calm himself, asks Mike, why didn't you say you were you? (laughs) To which Mike replies, because I didn't know you were you. Damn. Mike then goes into parent mode asking, would you like to tell me what you're doing out here in the dark? Mm. Everyone stares at Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Greg is a dick saying, tell him, Bobby. Damn. Bobby begins trying to stall saying, well, Dad, it's like this. Okay, we got lost, remember? Mike puts a stop to that shit real quick. <laughs> ah, 
So I don't understand why couldn't Mike couldn't see them because they clearly had light on their face. So did Mike. Mike clearly had yeah. light on him too. And also, why did nobody have a flashlight? Because well, they did have beans in it. Right, but everybody, at least I, well, the way I understood, it, everybody had their own flashlight. Yeah, like why didn't Peter and Greg show up yeah. with a flashlight? If Mike is going out looking for kids in the dark, right. why the hell would he not have a flashlight? It makes sense. I think it's common sense, especially when they first left, because uh, Cindy specifically says it's really dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I don't know. Scene 12. We now see Jimmy talking to Mike. <laughs> Jimmy is asking huh? if Mike is going to tell his grandfather. Mike counsels the boy, asking him if home is really that bad, to which Jimmy replies, no, I like it there. Mike asks, then why are you running away? Jimmy answers, because of my grandfather. Mike pauses, then whispers, does he, like, touch you? (laughs) Does he mean to you? But Jimmy answers, no, I love him. Mike, finally confused, asks, then what's the problem? Jimmy begins telling Mike that his grandfather only thinks of the old Indian way and how he only thinks of things that happened a long time ago. Mike explains that he can understand that and explains to Jimmy that his grandfather is proud of those things. Jimmy tells Mike that he's tired of being an Indian and that he wants to be an astronaut. Mike chuckles and tells Jimmy that he can be both of those things, that he can be proud of his heritage and still be anything he wants to be. Mike then gets an idea, pauses, and asks Jimmy what his grandfather said when he told him he wanted to be an astronaut. Jimmy admits that he's never told him. Mike asks why he doesn't simply give his grandfather a chance and see what he says before he decides to run away. Jimmy, unsure, simply says, I don't know. Mike then offers to let him come back to the camp, sleep in a nice warm bed, and have a nice breakfast. Jimmy finally agrees and starts coming back with Mike. As they walk, Mike states, I bet you sure are hungry. Jimmy admits that he's not, saying, no, I had hot dogs and beans. Mike puts two and two together as Jimmy hands him a flashlight. So what I don't like about the scene is like, oh, you ran away from home. Your grandparent, your grandfather must be worried about you. Why don't you come spend the night with us? <laughs> and then, you know, when we get up around whenever and we'll have make breakfast. And, I didn't even think about that. And then we'll eventually kind of maybe look for your grandfather and finally get you. <laughs> I was like, oh, why don't you come back and sleep with us? Unless you think my grandfather would be worried? Probably. <laughs> probably. Probably be really worried yeah. now that night has fallen. <laughs> but I bet you he'll fucking listen next time, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> then you'll win. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> he'll say yes to whatever you say now. That's right. Let's go to sleep, winner. <laughs> Who's a winner? <laughs> Jimmy is. Good night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Scene 13. Now back at the camp, Mike enters Carol's tent to tell her what's happened. What's that? Keep going. I'm still laughing about it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> Go ahead. Scene 13. Now back at the camp, Mike enters Carol's tent to tell her what's Hell happened. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. To tell her what's happened, but trips over some sort of alarm system she has rigged. <laughs> Carol stirs awake, asking if it's time to get up. Mike explains that he wants to sh- wants her to see something. Hell yeah. As they exit the tent, 
we see a shot of Greg, then Peter, and then Bobby, and then Jimmy. Carol's Carol, like, well, I wasn't really ready for this, but <laughs> hey, whatever, man. Whatever, okay. Let's do it. Carol points and asks who it is. Mike tells her that it very well could be the first Indian to step foot on Mars. Carol's like, holy sh... Are you serious, Mike? Yeah, could be. <laughs> I didn't have any notes on this. I thought it was kind of weird that the two little boys sleep in a sleeping bag together, but... <laughs> Mm, whatever where okay. else is he gonna go yeah exactly scene 14 it is now bright and sunny and uh jimmy's grandparents are now like <laughs> having heart attacks or at the er what nothing oh Let's sorry again. god i forgot there's a character named jimmy i'm like my <laughs> grandparents are dead what the fuck are you talking about man <laughs> that's honestly where my mind was like what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about <clears throat> it is now bright and sunny The boys and Greg are outside of Mike's tent trying to wake him up. When he comes out, they tell him that Jimmy is gone. Not you, Jimmy. You're still here. (laughs) But I'm right here. When Mike comes out of the tent, they tell him that Jimmy is gone. It's twice now. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) kidding. And that they've looked all over for him. Mike explains that he doesn't think that there's anything they can do. Mike reluctantly says he'll put his boots on and they'll go look for him. Mike then explains that he's given Jimmy the best advice that he can give. And that the thing about advice is you can give it, but you can't make them take it. The boys just sadly say that they understand. Kind of like a penis. (laughs) Um, You can tell Mike is just so fucking tired of looking for people. (laughs) He's like, I'll put on my fucking booze. God damn it. Let me get my finding jacket. Is that supposed to be my fucking vacation? I'm looking for people in the woods because I can't fucking listen. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else's kids. Yeah. Scene 15. We are now with Carol and Alice who are doing dishes. Damn right. Alice states that they need our water. (laughs) More water. (laughs) Alice states that they need more water. Carol points it out. And Alice informs her if she's not back in 10 minutes to send out a forest ranger. Oh, this is the part I was talking about. In fact, even if she's back, you know, send one. You know, about 6'2", broad shoulders, Mm -hmm. big, uh, sorry. Uh, Doesn't sound like uh, Sam she's describing. No, it doesn't. Carol scolds her saying, Alice. (laughs) And then shakes her head and laughs as if to say, you silly old horny maid. I thought this scene was so funny because they're like doing dishes. I was like, we need fresh water, Mrs. Brady. I was like, okay, it's right over there. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) Have fun, maid. Um, Those are weird looking buckets. I've never seen buckets like that. Yeah, they were like cloth buckets or something, right? I mean, they kind of look like the ones you use um, like on horses that, that go over their mouths. You know, they hang from their mouth to, to feed the feeding things. Oh, like the feeding uh, yeah. bag or whatever? They kind of look like those, but um, yeah. So I just thought that was neat. Yep. That is neat. Oh, sorry. Tech has to check his phone, guys. Hold on. <laughs> sorry. I have all these notifications, and like, but nothing is really that important. Yeah. Nothing's more important than this, Jimmy, you, and our listeners. I can tell by the way you stopped looking at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Scene 16. We're now treated to yet another montage of Alice going to get water. She stumbles up and down hills with the water bucket swinging wildly. Several times she almost falls, but finally stumbling upon a Native American, which I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How come, like, they 
they don't know wandering off alone. Yeah. But they'll send him the hell is out. Well, fucking water's down there. Good luck. <laughs> See ya. It's a sketchy terrain, but you got this. I believe in you. She is shocked at first, but then pleasantly surprised. Alice tries to talk to him in a Native American language. It's like Bobby. But when he speaks fluently, she gives up saying, I'm afraid you took the advanced course. He translates saying, my heart soars, Mrs. Brady. Alice corrects him. She's like, I am Mrs. Brady. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I got a maid down there that's fucking worthless. Um, Alice corrects him saying, oh, I'm not Mrs. Brady. I'm Alice. The Native American nails it saying, Mr. Brady has two squaws. Alice tries to explain by saying that she helps Mrs. Brady and that she's like a junior squaw. Just then, Jimmy runs up and says, hi. Alice looks at him and it hits her and she says, you must be Jimmy. To which he answers, that's right. Alice tells him that a lot of people are going to be happy to give him a great big yada hi. What? No idea. That's what she says. Oh, okay. I remember now. So in the beginning, she goes, yada hi. And he goes, yada hey. But I mean, at least that's a legit Native American language, <laughs> as opposed to Bobby going hell. Like, yeah. That shit you see on Looney Tunes, like that's not real, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so, um, maybe, do you know what a squaw is? I'm assuming a female Indian. Um, like well, a, like a wife, <clears throat> kind of. Yes and no. <laughs> so I, I, I actually remember watching this episode as a kid, and my mother, who hated the show, <laughs> I always thought it was so stupid. Um, we were watching this episode and then when she was like squaw squaw and they were saying squaw my mom starts laughing I was like what she's like do you know what a squaw is and I was like no she's like it's basically a derogatory term for a woman and I was like what so I never really thought about much about it I refuse to believe that this show was had any kind of derogatory you know, like attitude about women. Like I know it's surprising. Yeah. So I remember when I watched the scene, I remember that conversation with my mom and I was like, I'm going to fucking look this shit up. And sure enough, squaw means like a whore or bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It means like a sexual perverse woman. It's a, it's a degrading term for a woman. And even like you talk like Native Americans, they squall, they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck you, asshole. Like, your mom's a squaw. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was so funny. Hmm. <sighs> so, yeah. Interesting. I love how insensitive these Native American costumes are. Like, Well, like you say that, but like yeah, it's a Native American wearing it. So you'd think he'd be like, uh, this is extremely offensive. I'm not wearing this. And, and they're like, you want to fucking get paid, Tonto? Now I say that it sounds racist, exactly. Yeah, but I'm saying it because he played Tonto, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> is that a fucking racist? Is that what I meant? But I mean, then again, there's been you know like Songs of the South, you know the yeah, Disney yeah, movie yeah. that had black people in it. So I mean, I'd be like saying that movie's not racist. It had black people in it. Yeah, but have you watched it? <laughs> that movie's fucking racist as hell. Like. <clears throat> I guess so. It's like that. It reminds me of the Adam Sandler movie that came out a few years ago. Where all the Native Americans like were like protesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, see, and I feel like like that one was less offensive than this one. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, okay, scene seventeen. Yep. Back at the campsite, Jimmy's grandfather is thanking Mike for bringing his grandson back to him, telling him that he owes him many thanks. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. I don't know. From you. 
Mikey explains to Chief Eagle Cloud that he really didn't do much except talk to Jimmy and that Jimmy ultimately made the decision on his own. But Chief Eagle Cloud explains that Mike helped him make the decision and for that he offers him thanks. Mike then asks if Jimmy spoke to his grandfather. Jimmy says he did. Chief Eagle Cloud laughs saying, Jimmy thinks because I talk of Buffalo that I don't understand Blastoff. <laughs> Carol tells him that they have the same problem and that they call it the generation gap. Chief Eagle Cloud explains that they call it that too. Chief Eagle Cloud then explains that Jimmy wants to swoosh to the stars. He goes on to say that if he was younger, he would want to swoosh too. Just then, all the kids come running on, as if on cue. Hmm. <laughs> Chief Eagle Cloud looks at Mike saying, Mr. Brady, you have a big tribe. You are a man among men. Carol gets a little jealous saying, well, he did have some help, you know. Chief Eagle Cloud then invites them all. <laughs> Chief Eagle just a fuck up squaw. <laughs> Chief Eagle Cloud then invites all of them back to his tribe for a ceremony where they'll become members. He then tells the kids that they'll have a groovy time. <laughs> the kids, of course, freak out and they run over asking if they can. Mike smiles saying that he thinks that they'll all have a groovy time. And Mike's like, I don't know. It's kind of dangerous on those reservations. Yeah. And plus, they're all drunks. I, I love how Carol... <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to try to get us to gamble. Um, can't, can't leave those jokes in there. I, lo <laughs> I love how Carol acts like they stumbled upon a rare civilization out in some random <laughs> island in the Pacific. Like, we call it Generation Gap. And he's like, yeah, no shit. Like... You do realize my son knew what a fucking hot dog was, right? Like, you like, understand I'm American too, and yeah. I'm in the same area as you. Jeez. Oh god. <laughs> All right, scene eighteen. <clears throat> We're now treated to a rain dance similar to the dance we saw at the beginning. All the Bradys sit around the, with goofy grins and occasionally looking at each other. Chief Eagle Cloud finally gets up and begins telling a story. He says, Many moons ago, our people came down from the rim of the canyon. Here inside the earth, who is our mother, we live in peace. We raised tall corn. Really? Tall corn? Mm. Down there? Because it's all over the place. They walk past it many times. <laughs> <laughs> In the desert? Yeah. Sorry, we raised fast horses. We prosper. And now, O oh sun that shines, O oh moon that smiles, we wish our tribe to increase. All these people seated around this fire shall become part of my tribe from now until forever. He then grabs a bowl of water from the ground and begins again saying, Now in the direction of the four winds, to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south, these are my people. I say this, and it is so. Bobby then whispers to Jimmy, asking, what happens next? Jimmy whispers back, now you get a new name. Cindy, confused, tells him she already has a name. But Jimmy, almost laughing, says, you get an Indian name. <laughs> Fucking pale face. <laughs> he didn't say that. Chief Eagle Cloud starts with Mike and gives him the name Big Eagle of Large Nest. Mike gets proud and smiles. He then moves to Carol, saying her new name is 
one who whines like a bitch. No. <laughs> Her new name is Yellow Flower with Many Petals. She smiles and says, that's lovely. As he moves to Greg, he tells him he is Stalking Wolf. Greg jokes that it's what the girls call him, too. I would have went with, that was my nickname in high school. But <laughs> he's already in high school, so. He then moves to Peter and tells him his name is Middle Buffalo. Peter, not liking the name, questions it, saying Middle Buffalo. The chief changes it, saying Sleeping Lizard. But Peter replies again, with Sleeping Lizard? And then gives up, saying, I'll get back to you. He moves on to Cindy and tells her, I shall call you Wandering Blossom. She smiles with embarrassment. He finally, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't laugh. He finally gets to Bobby and tells him, I shall call you Little Bear That Loses Way. He moves on to Jane. <laughs> <laughs> One who dresses like boy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you wrote a joke one in here or not. I did, but no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was prepping because I was like, oh, I can think of one. Oh shit, Jimmy probably already put something in here. Nope, think away. Uh, he moves on to Jan, saying, "I shall call you <laughs> Dove of Morning Light." Marsha <laughs> you're just like tired of this and Marsha's willow dancing well after away. this they just kind of like throw them out like really fast so. and you're this guy you're that and you're yeah. Marsha you're willow dancing in the wind and finally calls Alice squaw in waiting <laughs> they're like damn Alice joking asks if he can make it a short wait he then informs the Bradys that they now have to dance to show their joy. All of them get up and begin a terrible imitation of what the Indians were doing. Finally, the Indians get up and show them how to dance. Like, was them getting up dancing, was yeah. that as insensitive as it seemed to me? It seemed like they were straight up making fun of the way Indians were dancing. <laughs> I was waiting for them to go, hi, 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 hi. And going like, oh. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> um, but then again, like I started thinking about, like I know it's just a TV show, but how cool would it be to like visit some Indian tribe and have them be like, yeah, we're gonna come let you, you know, fucking watch this ceremony that only Indians get to watch. But like, that's fucking badass. I want an Indian name, be accepted into their like tribe like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Anyways, scene nineteen. Yeah. The Bradys are now back up at their car, and they're yep. heading out of the campsite. We now see them driving, but this time with no singing. What? Just a montage of the Grand Canyon. They're just tired. <laughs> Finally, we hear Greg ask if they can stop for one last time. We see all the Bradys out at the same railing they were at at the beginning of the episode. Finally, Mike looks at his watch saying, they better hit the road. Because Mike's a fucking ruiner again yep. of great moments. I feel like... I feel like you'd get really tired of seeing the Grand Canyon. <laughs> well, what are you talking like about? Kara was so days. proudly of like, we're going to the Grand Canyon. After four Telling fucking locals days? That. Like, yeah, I know. It's a big fucking hole. I go, I know. I saw it for four days now. 
Scene 21. We now see another montage of the Brady's traveling. They stop and appear to give a key back to the same young lady they saw when they first came in. Oh. Same blonde. She was like, hey. It's almost like it was filmed on the same day. It's weird. (laughs) And Mike's like, gives a little wink, and she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then they drive off. And that's the end of the episode. And... The trilogy, no, the saga. The saga. The, the saga, saga is done. Is concluded. <sighs> that Man. was, yeah, a long trilogy. It was. And the next week we'll be back with just a regular episode yes. of them at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Yes. So, our typical disclaimer, we had fun here today, but don't be offended. We do love the show. We are not racist or sexist. We're not racist. We I are promise. not racist to Indians. I'm sorry. Wow, I just said that. We are not racist to Native Americans. Uh, we're not sexist. Nothing like that. Yeah. Um, through this whole episode, I think what overshadowed it for me was how ignorant they were on how insensitive they were. That That's probably... I couldn't yeah. get past that. Well, it's just the time period, you know? Yeah, Even, yeah. like, the Native Americans themselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so um, as usual, uh, feel free to go on and check out our website. Yeah. Uh, it's verybrandypodcast.com. You can also do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and CastBox. Tell two friends about the show, or if you don't like it, tell two enemies. And just send an email to the show if you want to let us know how you like the show or don't like the show. It's a very brady podcast at gmail.com. Or how we can improve the show even. Mm-hmm. Join the Facebook group and join in on the conversation and fun. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash a very brady, uh, what is it? A very brady podcast. Yes. That's it. Woo. And uh, I guess once again, follow us on Facebook to get updates. That is correct. Yes. So let me tell you what's happening in the next episode. Oh, okay. Jimmy, I think you're going to really like the next episode. You think so? Yeah. Season three, episode four called The Wheeler Dealer, where Greg gets his driver's license. Already? And wants to buy a car of his own. Oh. However, one of his, quote, friends tricks him into buying a piece of junk for $100. You know, my first car bought for $150. Holy shit, we're going to have lots to unpack in the next episode. Very nice. Okay, well, uh, thank you for joining us in this saga. Indeed. Hey, season three, three episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Tax obviously not as uh, amazing as I am. So, no, it's just the the, the scene three started with. Three parter. Three, three parter. Anyways. Um, Huh? Okay. Okay. So, I have been Jimmy. And I have been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keith Smoten. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. 
And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash A Very Brady Podcast. Until then, this has been A Very Brady Podcast, and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.